a fire broke out in a small town Episcopal church. And when the volunteer fire department arrived, the pastor recognized one of the men. And he said, Jim, it's been a long time since we've seen you here at the church. Well, Father, the man replied, he was wearing all his gear, and he was sweating, he was holding one of the hoses. He's like, well, Father, it's been a long time since there's been any kind of fire in this church. (laughs) For Peter and his brother Andrew, and for our own St. John and his brother James, a fire was kindled in their lives when they responded to Jesus' invitation that we find here in Matthew 4, 19. In the words of the Peterson translation of the Bible, Jesus says, Come with me. I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask any questions. But simply drop their nets and follow. I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. Got a question for you. Was Jesus successful in making these guys into a new kind of fishermen? Yes, he certainly was. As these fishermen followed Jesus, a fire was ignited, the consuming fire of God's love in their lives, and it transformed their lives. And thanks to their fishing for people, it transformed the lives of millions of other people too. Christianity at its best has always been an invitation to live differently, to take another road. Did you catch that? I'm going to rewind just in case you didn't. Christianity at its best has always been an invitation to live differently, to take another road. And friends, that's the message for you and me this morning. God's word to you, I will make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I will make a new kind of woman out of you. I will make a new kind of man out of you. A new kind of student, a new kind of professor, a new kind of worker, a new kind of supervisor. A new kind of activist, a new kind of artist, a new kind of spouse, a new kind of partner, a new kind of friend. A new kind of locust eater, or whatever. God is interested in all the aspects of your life. And God desires to transform them through the fire of His love. This is a lifelong project. This is a journey. This is an apprenticeship. What's another name for this? Discipleship. I heard somebody whispering it. Discipleship. Let's say that word together. Discipleship. This is indeed the lifelong work, the invitation to discipleship. Follow me. The Reverend Dr. Ross Kane, who is an Episcopal priest, he talks about this truth in another way. He says, quote, Jesus' call to discipleship is a single call. Come and follow. It is the singularity of Jesus' call. The simplicity of the call that gives it wholeness. Whatever her vocation, the Christian carries it out as part of the single task of following Jesus, of simply being a Christian. End of quote. Can I hear an amen to that?
whatever you're doing, it should be ultimately a part of the following of Jesus. Okay, now, some true-false statements. You tell me whether they're true or whether they're false. Discipleship is at the heart of vital Christianity. True. Look at church history. Uh, Regardless of the denomination. True. Follow-up statement for those of you who are looking uncertain. What gets stressed in discipleship will vary some across the denominations. Yeah, absolutely true. We get stressed in different churches, different denominations. will vary. Now, there will be fundamentals. Spiritual firewood that will be the same for all Christians. Say, prayer. Or service to neighbor. But there will be patterns of discipleship that will vary from church to church. Say, one church might emphasize the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper. Another church might emphasize speaking in tongues. And actually, this also applies to progressive and conservative Christians. Sometimes different emphases, but really many of the same fundamentals. So many of the same fundamentals. So despite our efforts to be divided, discipleship reminds us in the words of Ephesians chapter 4 that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all. A prison chaplain was talking to an inmate, and this inmate was about to be released after serving a several-year sentence. And the chaplain said, As you go out into the world, son, make sure you remember all the sermons that you heard here. And the inmate said, Chaplain, anyone who's listened to your sermons would never want to come back here. You know, and despite my terrible jokes, many of you continue to come back here, but... What or who, what or who is the kind of person that God is inviting you to become? Still relatively new in this 2020 year. What or who is the kind of person that God is inviting you to become? Notice, not that you want to become your dreams, the things you're interested in. And hopefully those are all good things and worthy of pursuing, absolutely. But who or what is the kind of person God is inviting you to become? That Jesus is inviting you to become? That the Spirit is inviting you to become? Can you imagine yourself being that person? Can you see your life lived out in the way that God would want you to live it? Now, that might involve some very subtle, just subtle changes, birthed by a slowly burning, but pretty comfortable spiritual flame. Say, for example, a daily prayer you have to love somebody who is pretty difficult to love. But the changes actually might be vast, birthed by a spiritual wildfire, perhaps a crisis in your health, crisis in your family, crisis of finances, crisis in work, whatever it is that might force you to depend upon God in new ways. How many of you have gone through that kind of crisis? Raise your hand. Yeah. And if you're going through that kind of crisis right now, let us help you to get through it. This year, take another road. 
Let God transform you into that new kind of person. Listen to the testimonies, the stories of the millions of people before you who have followed Jesus as beloved sons, as beloved daughters of God. On the vital path of Christianity, not casual Christianity, not ho-hum churchianity, but vital Christianity of discipleship. Well, how would you begin? Well, here, quickly, are three ways to start, or, some of you know who you are, restart. Number one, tell God. Tell God. In a private prayer, say, Lord, I want to take my faith seriously. I want to follow you. Guide me. Another great way to pray that would be when you come forward to receive communion this morning. You don't say anything aloud. Just silent in your heart as you lift your hands to receive. Lord, I want to be a disciple. The second way is tell somebody else. Ideally, somebody else who also wants to take their faith seriously. Somebody else who's striving to be a disciple. Tell them, hey, how can we support each other? And then quick way number three. The seven marks of discipleship. If you turn to the back of your bulletin, page 15... We'll say them together, just the parts in italics that we will recite together. Page 15, your bulletin. In response to God's love, supported by my St. John's family, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, I will live my baptismal vows as a disciple of Jesus by striving to worship weekly, pray daily, serve at St. John's and beyond, love others and build spiritual friendships, know the Christian story and invite others, give generously, rest regularly. So tell God, tell somebody else, practice the seven marks. And if you need to, just focus on one at a time. That's what you need to do. Oh, by the way, by the way, how... Old is this concept of discipleship? Is this something that came up like last week? How old? Well, in the Christian sense, at least 2,000 years. Turn to someone next to you and say, 2,000 years. Oh, Chris, you could tell Peter. <laughs> These spiritual practices have been marks of Christian faith for centuries. Across Catholic, Protestant, Pentecostal, Baptist, Episcopal, Lutheran. If you look at the best of the best, the faithful of the faithful, the strugglers, they have come back to these essentials, to these fundamentals, to this spiritual firewood. These are all parts of the spiritual firewood of discipleship. Is this stuff a part of our mission at all here at St. John's? Yes, that's right, because our mission at St. John's is to love God, Love others and make disciples. Let's say that together. Love God, love others, and make disciples. Now, back to these smelly, working class, rugged fishermen guys. I always want to think of them as having Italian accents, but it's probably not uh, historically correct. I think they had other accents. But anyway, these guys. What, what would have happened if these fishermen had said no to Jesus' invitation? Just think about it if they had said no. They would have missed out on the greatest adventure of their lives. They would have never have discovered who they really could have been. There would be no St. John. No Gospel of John. No church named St. John. 
So don't miss out on the adventure that could be your life. Whether you're 7 or 77. There are still new doors that you can open. New doors that can swing before you. Don't settle for not knowing who you could have been with God's help. Don't settle for not knowing the kind of impact you could have had on others with God's help. Walk through all those doors of discipleship. Walk through. Question for you. When you look around you each day, when you look at the news, when you look at the world, is there a need for lives that are burning bright with the fire of God's love? Oh! my goodness there is. So be one of those lives. Let that fire burn in you. The fire of God's love. So let the adventure begin for you. Or let the adventure of your faith be rekindled with fresh fire. Say yes to being a disciple. Say yes to being a disciple. Say yes to being a disciple. disciple.